this is Jack. Hey, I'm Damien. This is Karin. Yo, this is Toby. You are listening to the Think Breaks podcast. Episode nine. Episode nine. I believe so, Look yeah. how far we've made it. And, <laughs> and this time we've actually got a guest in the room with us. Um, his real name is Terry. Could you please introduce yourself for us to the crowd for people who might not know you? Sure. Uh, I am Terry. Uh, my music name is Shodan. I've been making tunes for. Well, I've been making music probably for the best part of 20 years, on and off. Uh, actively, probably about half of that, if I'm honest, because I had a big break in the middle. Um, predominantly drum and bass. I dabbled with some breakbeat for a while, reasonably successfully. I've, I've had a couple of hip-hop tracks out. Um, yeah, that's uh, my music career, in short. Oh, yeah, and that's wait. the end of the episode. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, it's a pleasure to have you on, mate. Yeah, thank you. Sort of chat. The legendary showdown is here. Mm. I am not not happy about that legendary, are you? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> doesn't does sit very comfortably. Oh, no. well, that's quite refreshing uh, for this scene, to be honest. To hear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you know, there's no ego or anything. So I love that. I love that. Yeah, I'm a legend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> it gets thrown about quite a lot, doesn't it? That kind, of, those kind of words, and uh, we literally just yeah, throw, like legendary throw together and mash keyboards. <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah, uh, excuse me, but I mash keyboards legendarily. Okay, <laughs> well, <laughs> I stand corrected. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, 20, 20 years. That's that's incredible. I mean. I was messing about, I'm trying to think of the first instance. So I made some really, really horrifically cringy hip hop tunes when I was like 18. Right. So we all. Um, <laughs> yeah, but there's actually vinyl evidence of it. Oh um, no. Yeah, which, ah. which you will never, ever, ever hear. Um, but yeah, I have it. And it was, I, yeah, <laughs> 18, 19, I think I was, and I'm 44 now. Okay. Uh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Um, so we're talking old old school vibe hip hop as well then. Oh golden era. Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah, Ooh, proper, yeah. proper hip hop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, and then then we dabbled uh with my 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 long-term housemate who I was friends with Freddy's, we we dabbled with jungle. So we were making like really, really shit jungle around nineteen ninety-five. And again, I have a dub plate from that era. Uh, we went up to Music House with our absolutely abysmal little tune on a dat. We said, fuck knows how we got it on a dat. How did we get it on a dat? I have no idea. Because I remember we we recorded it on like an eight-track tape recorder um, mm. from from Octomed or Scream Tracker, one of those, and then we used like the, the multi-tracker to, to layer stuff up. And then, yeah, we took that up to Music House, and then we stood in line, like little scrawny white boys surrounded by people like Groove Rider and smoking like the biggest spliffs and we're like <laughs> could you could you cut our little track please please help uh, please yes please uh, yeah and that would have been 2000 no no that, that would have been like, like late 1990s mid 1990s 95 96 kind of era 
Um, so yeah, that was that was the start of the dabbling, and then I think my first actual proper release was two thousand and four, I guess. Was that the Gimme the Gal? No, no, there was there was a couple before that. Okay, um, Toby, you love fir- that song, don't you? Oh, I do, I do. <laughs> the first, I think, the first actual release was a track called uh, Atomic Age with No Liars on the flip, which had Fat Man D on it. And that was... That okay, was yeah. I remember, I, re- fantasy. I remember seeing your name next to Fat Man D, actually. Couldn't, couldn't quite remember the track title, yeah, but... We did a few bits and pieces together, yeah, but that was the first one, and that was the first vinyl proper release on Easy Records, and that was the first one that got noticed. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, so how, how did you, like... Um, how like talk, tell us about how you uh, like linked up with like these MCs like um, UK Apache and whatnot. Did it was it kind of like through networking or is it kind of like outsourced or what? So there was there was two separate kind of streams of of contact for want of a better phrase networking running kind of in parallel. So on the one hand, I was. Uh, involved with some guys who were putting on raves and there was one particular one uh, called Battle of the MCs which was that oh, video yeah. thing that I had posted in the channel the other day like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah yeah um, and the the people who were running that so, so we were involved in making the DVD we were I can't even remember how that came about but um, and obviously there was like loads of these MCs there and at the time like if you had any kind of studio a lot of these guys were like they wanted to get involved because they didn't a lot of them didn't have access to to the equipment and the software that like everyone like can can download the software now and all you're going to do is buy a cheap mic off amazon and you know, you you're a recording artist all of a sudden but then there was a little bit more to it so um so anyway yeah we i, I remember one particular day and i was talking <laughs> to someone about this the other day and I had no idea this was going to happen but um I was in my studio in South End in this little stinking basement studio and um the entire new breed crew turned up like literally all of them so Mad. my first exposure was Foxy X-Man Fat Man D yeah Herb Z <laughs> literally all of them and they were just all packed in this tiny little basement room with no air conditioning no ventilation <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and, and they were like, they wanted to record a tune. And I, I was just, what? Yeah, just like, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. It was like, okay, so, are you asking or, 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 or are you telling? Yeah. Uh, uh, but no, they were cool. And, and I met, um, I met my mate, um, Reckless, who was their DJ at the time and who I still am in contact with now. And we've done a couple of little bits together recently and really good friends. Um, but yeah, that was my, so that was, that was kind of that stream. And then on the other side of it, I was working for ATM magazine at the time, sort of atmosphere magazine. And, um, and so I was obviously meeting people. I was going out with Jay Frenzik, going out, uh, not going out with him because, that wasn't a weird admission. I mean, we were going out. I mean, going whatever out raving. Boat. Yeah, well, you know, this is, this is the liberating times we live in. Um, <laughs> no, we were going out on weekends, going going to, to various clubs and whatever. And a part of it was promotions for ATM. Like, we'd take the magazine with us and we'd get, like, people in the scene to pose with a magazine. We'd take a photo and then in the mag, there'd be, like, a whole uh, a whole page of, like, people 
posing with the magazine. Because remember, this is pre-internet. Mm. So no one knew what anyone looked like. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right, yeah, which, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. which is all kind of weird. So any kind of promotion anyone could get, they were like all over. Like actually having your photo in a magazine was, was amazing. Whereas now yeah. there's like yeah, yeah. 20 million photos of everyone everywhere. Um, so I, I met quite a lot of people like that. And then, and then one day... I was around Jay's house and fantasy turned up and lots of people would go around Jay's house to pick up magazine related stuff and records. Cause obviously Jay was, was DJing a lot then as well. And, um, I, I had a CD with me. I just happened to have a demo CD with me. I don't know why I had it, but I just gave it to him. And, nice. uh, and he rang me and I wrote my phone number on it and he rang me back the next day and was like, yeah, I'm, I really like this. Let's, I'm going to come down, we'll do something. And then I think it was literally the next day he turned up and I think we made, I think we made Atomic Age the next day. That's awesome. That's a yeah, great story. Was, I love that. It was mad. Yeah, so literally giving a physical CD to somebody with my phone number on it is what, is what done it. And then later on, he, we did, um, I made Give Me The Girl, I, I mainly made that on my own with, with my housemate at the time. And um, he, uh, Fantasy helped me kind of, polish it up a little bit like yeah. everything I was doing was super rough super rough whereas he kind of uh you know applied the polish and and arrangement and stuff like that that you, you know, I was wasn't really I didn't really have a great deal of knowledge about it do you know what I mean I was just throwing I was quite I was quite good at making bass noise bass noises which at right, the time yeah. so this was at the period like where um Twisted individual and guys like that were doing the whole wobble thing was all yeah. stuff. Oh up. yeah, 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 yeah. And I learned very quickly how to do that, um, and that was kind of my main thing at the time. Was oh, I can make these really mental sounding wobble bases. Um, I've gone completely off track. I'd made Give It a Girl and Steve Fancy took the track away and he 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 knew UK Apache somehow. I don't know how he knew him. And then one day he came back and he'd it it'd been done. He'd recorded yeah. he'd recorded That's over incredible. the instrumental and I was like, Oh, what's this? And at first I didn't like it, if I'm honest with you. Okay. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I was always into slightly harder kind of drum and bass and yeah. That tune without UK Apache's vocals had somehow made its way to Renegade Hardware. I think Friction wow. had oh, got nice. hold of it via via Jay, I think. And I, nothing. There was never any like hard approach, but I, my understanding was they were they were thinking about taking it, and that would have been wow. for me. That would have been like amazing because I always wanted to track on hardware. Um, but I mean, as it happened, it worked out pretty well anyway. Because yeah, yeah, it's still an anthem. It did, yeah, and it went out on Ganja, which at the time was a massive label. So, yeah, Ganja Records. Who though was that? Um, it's was hype. It J- hype, yeah, hype. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, was yeah. That, that's, that's what he did before Players, wasn't it? Or was it around it was the same long, time? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was alongside. Yeah, players. alongside it. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And that's that's incredible. I mean, I I don't at all take for granted how easy it is to get a lot of stuff done now. But part of me does wish that i was around for the whole kind of yeah. like they say write your number on a cd and, and chuck <laughs> it to someone and that i mean because um, nowadays it's just um it's just send an email out um, yeah. you can just do that you know 20 labels in one go or whatever not that you should but yeah <laughs> like having it on a cd number and all that it just feels a lot more personal and yeah you build that connection first rather than just something really impersonal which i think is just really nice 
it was much more about going out, being out in the scene, out of the clubs, and meet and and finding ways to meet people and strike up conversations with people rather yeah. than mm. just bombarding people online. Which yeah. I also did because it this was like I would it wasn't quite pre-internet. It was the start of the internet. That makes sense. Mm. So yeah, like, yeah. Or, or more more the case of the start of people commonly having the internet at home. Yeah. Um, so like everyone was. Uh, do you guys remember the fact that everyone was on AOL Instant Messenger? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 I was going to bring that up. I think that's actually how me and Toby got chatting it like is years, actually, years, yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So one of your big bits of networking was like finding people's aim handles. That was like a massive thing. It was like, oh, my God, I've got Groove Rider's aim handle. Yeah. I'm send you yeah. some tunes and he can ignore them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which he did. Um <laughs> But yeah, that was that was quite mad. And then occasionally, very occasionally, you'd have someone. Now this happened to me quite on early on with Andy C. And they'd actually fucking reply, and that would be like, oh my oh, god, wow. Andy yeah, C. Well. I just got an answer. Yeah. 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 Andy C. said cool to me. <laughs> yeah, and it was K L, not even C O O L. Yeah, I mean, he didn't he didn't reply to anything else, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it was cool. That was that was a good that was a good little era. Mm. So in, in terms of obviously pre all of these tools that we have now and that, what was sort of the process back then to, um, so, you know, what was the, the equivalent of sort of promo mail outs that we have now? Like, how would you get your tracks out to these people uh, like in that area or even, even before AIM and, and whatnot? Um, well, physical, it was physical vinyl mail outs. So literally right, right. there were companies, promo companies who, who would, uh, who would write up one sheets printed you know one sheets with mm-hmm. with a bit of promo blurb they were pretty much always the same to be honest with you yeah, um, yeah. and then they would literally you know put them in a in a in a cardboard mailer with a record and off they go in the mail <laughs> yeah it's no it's just it's weird to even think about it like that isn't it i mean it must yeah. have cost so much more but then in some ways i suppose but there wasn't anything else MP3s yeah, were the yeah, thing. Yeah. There was yeah, no digital yeah. distribution at all. And the only thing that existed was 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 vinyl and to a lesser extent CDs. And nobody said anyone. Well, they did actually. They did send quite a few CDs out because um, <laughs> obviously they were cheaper to run off. You know, five hundred CDs. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and people like Fancy had like um, CD farms. Like he would have. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was him. He would have like. Uh, uh, replicators with like 10, 20 CD drives and he'd be able to burn right. 10, 20 CDs at the same time. So yeah. he'd be like making, it, it was more for event uh, CDs, like 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 the replacement for tape packs. Um, oh, okay. So you'd be churning out these like, yeah, like 10, 20 CDs at a time and you could get CD printers and everyone remembers them, but they'd actually like print on the top of them. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So you could yeah, get yeah. like customised like... <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. Cover on the actual CD itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was that was more prevalent, and yeah, you'd be able to send them out then. But in terms of like, yeah, but you didn't email MP3s to people. I did it a couple of times and got shouted at because people didn't have the internet connections to download a five meg MP3. Oh wow! <laughs> I guess as well with um, with sending out physical copies, whoever you send it out to is more likely to play it because they've got something physical in front of them rather than just, oh, an email came through. I can easily yeah. ignore that, if that makes but sense. But there was less of them as well, so it was more yeah, manageable. Yeah, exactly. So it almost felt more special when you received that one through the door. Yeah. 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 
Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was about to say, I mean, in, in some ways, the amount of music that must get sent to some of these bigger DJs, I mean, by no means am I anywhere near that level and I don't even really DJ and I, I get quite a lot of promo stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think... Where it's watch, just overwhelming. <laughs> hmm. Watch John B's live stream on like a Thursday morning or one day a week. He he live streams his promo listening session. Oh, I've okay. seen that, yeah, yeah. And it's and he literally like five seconds for each tune. And and there's no way he could sit and listen to the whole things because he must have thousands and thousands yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. it'll be a 24-7 yeah. job trying to listen to all those promos when you're John B yeah. size. That's crazy though, being able just trying to capture the vibe within that five seconds. <laughs> like, mm. I think we mentioned that before, yeah. didn't we, about that? Like in some cases it really it is all you need, isn't it? Just that little snippet. And if you like what you hear, you then listen to the rest. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's never changed, I think. It's mm. always been like that. It's not actually one of the one of the things I was gonna bring up actually relates to live streaming, like directly. So that's that's quite a good little uh foot in the door there for that. Um, noise. So recently I saw, it was an advert on Facebook actually from a company called 20 Hertz, which are, um, from what I can tell, they are actually a live streaming service themselves. Um, but it was like an infographic and it just says that live streaming is projected to reach $184.3 billion by 2027. Jeez. Jeez. Which is absolutely insane. Like even just to look at, but to think of that, that is absolutely insane. Yeah. And obviously, you know, recently we're starting to do a lot more like live stream bits and try and get the community involved a bit more on that. Yeah. But I suppose I just wanted to get sort of your opinion, Terry, and like everyone's opinion on how how you think that might affect the industry. I mean, that's just over six years from now. It's not a long time. You'll fly by. Um, I mean, that's a tough question. The first thing that jumps into my head is that how can I say this without sounding too negative? <laughs> no, go for it. No, go for yeah, it. No, yeah, I, yeah. I think it will further water things down even more than it already is. So mm-hmm. if you think about back when, you know, we, during the final era, there was a lot less music and your access to mixes and stuff, there, there was a lot less of it around. So they were more special. Now yeah. there's nothing yeah. special about a live stream, really. Like you've you've really you've you've really got to try so much harder all the time to make your live stream worth listening to. Yeah, and you look at John B as an example and the effort that he puts into like the the the, the videos and the, uh, and then you just go into Facebook and it must be so disheartening for him to just f- scroll through Facebook and it's just fifty people you know just in their living rooms doing nothing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I d- it must be so much harder to stand out from the crowd. And I guess it's just, that's a, just a general point with the music as well. When there's such a, a saturation, such a volume of music, how mm. do you stand out? Yeah. Um, I mean, in a DJing perspective, the only way yeah. you can really stand out is having those exclusives, whether yeah. it's your own or your mates. Um, but in terms of the music itself, I mean, that's a tough one because... Literally, there's so much music coming in through the door, and, and quite the shelf a lot. Life. That's, and the shelf life, I think, yeah. so much less. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, there's some tunes where you'll think it's amazing, but then the next week, oh, your next few promos come in, that tune's gone now. Yeah. Because I've noticed when I and you, you boys probably probably the same. When you have a release, you'll have two, three weeks of people playing it on their shows, and then it'll sit, it'll and then die. It, gone, yeah. just gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to a lot of big tunes back in the day that still get rinsed. Oh to this yeah, day, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. kind of 
they managed to become kind of like timeless classics in their own right. And I, I think, Mainly, I think yeah. Jack can probably relate to this as well, you know, being label owners and all that. But it almost feels weird when you look at a track list and you see your older release there. Like, yeah. oh, okay, this is still being played. Fair enough. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. I think that's a really good sign as well. If you've got a track, an old track that people are still playing, that, that's a really good indicator that that was a great track. Especially if yeah. it was within the last five years, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's sort of, there's pros and cons, isn't there, to the whole live streaming thing. Yeah. And and another angle I was sort of going to come at it was um, actually from sort of our perspective, because now you, Curran and Toby, are doing the, the feedback sessions every other Friday. That's right. Um and I know, Terry, you, you take part in those quite a lot mm. and you're quite happy to give a lot of feedback and like really mm. detailed stuff. Um, so I, I just sort of wondered, although they do have their benefits, do you also think there's there's drawbacks to doing these feedback sessions in, in themselves, not necessarily our one? As in just in terms of what, the music that gets sent into those streams? Or, well, so, sure so say, for that. example, then um, sort of one approach is that Although, yeah, it's, you know, it's fantastic that all these people are just there readily available to give critique and stuff like that. Do you think in some ways it might push an artist to go down a route they wouldn't normally go if they were left oh, I see to figure out that, to be oh, yeah, 100%. It, it for themselves? Because obviously, as you say, way back when there wasn't the internet and, and these things, you only really had people that were there physically doing it with you or you were on your own. Yeah. And you just trusted yourself no matter mm. what. I, I, mean, I, I think, don't know if you did. You would typically have, and I most artists that I was working with, you would have a mentor of some description, whether it would be right. an established DJ. So what happened quite a lot is you'd have you'd have the, the, the older heads, the established guys, the DJs, and they would have a younger, more technically savvy engineer type yeah. working yeah. with them. Mm -hmm. um, so you would have somebody directing you. To a, I mean, that happened a lot, and that happened with me particularly. Like, I was quite good at the, at the, the, the sound design, engineering, pressing the buttons. My arrangement wasn't great, um, and, and I needed to be guided along those kind of lines. And I think that happened quite a lot, certainly mm -hmm. in like the early parts of people's careers. Um, I, I don't think many people like, you know, initially in the early parts of their careers, I don't think they were throwing out bangers straight off the bat. No, <laughs> no, no. Cause you just, you didn't have that template. You didn't have that mentor and you didn't have that guidance initially. I don't think. Whereas yeah. Now no, yeah, do. yeah. That, make, yeah. that does make sense. Whereas now you've got YouTube tutorials, you've got all this information in the world and you've got all these templates and it's quite you know, feasible if you yeah. really put the effort in. Your first tune you throw out could be a banger. Yeah, because the, the artist is kind of has to take on all the roles these days, don't they? Like, yeah. like you said earlier, back in the day, you would have your producers, but then you'd also have your engineers and you'd have yes. like the mastering right. and whatnot. But yeah, these yeah. days you're pretty much expected to take on everything. Therefore, yeah. you've got to learn everything. And yeah. The labels invested more in people as well back then. There was much more guidance from the yeah, labels yeah, and yeah. there was a lot more. Whereas now certain labels, who we have talked about quite extensively, are just <laughs> are just throwing throwing music out on a regular yeah. basis and and there is a bit of guidance, but it's more about getting it to sound like them. Yeah. yeah so it's yeah, more yeah. like surface level guidance as opposed yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. getting the volume out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Instead yeah. of more like actual mm. artist development. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, exactly. There's no investment in the artist as a person. 
Right, right. That's the thing. I mean, I do, I do sort of not worry, but it does cross my mind sometimes with these live streams that if you haven't potentially got enough of a, a diverse uh, listener pool giving critique or whatever, you might actually end up with a few guys that all sound quite similar telling you, oh, you should do this or you could do that and you could do that. And really they're sort of guiding you more to sound like them and you end up with a lot of artists that are sort of guiding each other to sound like each other. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. But I think that's not exclusive to just like these feedback sessions as well. I think it's just in general, if you're sending out your tunes to too many people, for feedback like um i know jack you and i have spoke about this before and i hope you don't mind me saying that like we talked about the idea of not sending early works in progress to each other for example yeah but like, i yeah. used to send you everything i made <laughs> um but now i'll only try and send tunes that are almost finished or like yeah. tunes where i know the arrangement is done but i just need mix down advice yeah. um or just well, it's, yeah. it's demotivating almost isn't it because yeah. I might send you something after half hour's work and think, go and like check out this banger. Which you've done. And then the next, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next day or a few mm. days later, listen back and think, oh, come on, Jack, like what were you thinking? Or even it, it might be something I scrap. Uh, but then, you know, you've heard it and you're like, oh, what's going on with that? And it's just, yeah, yeah I, I exactly. Just, I actually find it quite demotivating to be sharing that early on. So, yeah, I think there was a, um, there was a TED talk about it. I just can't remember who it was by. But I also remember watching a video by um, Stranger, who's been on Hospital Metalheads and all that. He does yeah. these um, he does these uh, production tips uh, on his YouTube channel. Yeah, great but channel. One of th- yeah, really, really good channel. So any new producers, if you need any sort of production help, Stranger's the man to go to. Um, but one of his earliest videos was about that TED Talk and how when you send a um, like an early whip to someone, say that they think it's amazing it almost demotivates you to actually finish that track because you're already like, oh, I've already nailed this. Yeah, yeah. So you don't feel you, you compelled don't to finish. You want to push yourself as far as you could probably mm. push to make it that bit better. Or mm. in the case of like someone who's quite critical, um, they'll probably give you loads of feedback and think, oh no, this bit doesn't work. That sound could be tuned out. Uh, this bit's uh, not working in tone with that. And then your tune becomes something that's not really you. It's more you feed the person who you got feedback from yeah mm. i think with that feedback thing and i am so guilty of this i'm terrible for it i i think you would be better off being how can i put this being your own feedback giver and by which i mean putting the tune down for a period of time and a decent period of time as well a week two right weeks, yeah, and yeah then coming back and revisit to it, it. I, yeah. I just can't do it. I cannot do it. I'm terrible. I'm so um, yeah, same. I'm yeah. so needy. I'm really needy. Yeah, I yeah. really need like people to to listen to my to my music and kind of like it. So I'm I'm terrible for it. Everybody here. Oh, here he is. We're here, hey, man. For the for the listeners, so nobody's confused. Damien has just joined us. He wasn't here for the first part, but he's here now. So hooray! There we go. So fear not. <laughs> Um, yeah, Terry, you were saying how you were so needy about like certain tunes, yeah. and I know, I know you're guilty of this because we've spoken yeah, about yeah. it a few times privately, where you'll almost be working on the same tune day in day out, but that can almost be so detrimental because you end up either falling out of love with the tune, or just getting so frustrated that you just scrap it if it doesn't work. 
so I don't I don't do what a lot of people do. I don't work on multiple tunes at once. I literally work on one at a time until it's done. Mm. Um, maybe I'll have two, at most three running concurrently, but almost certainly I'll have one main one that I'm throwing everything into. Um, it's kind of how I am. Right on. And a lot of people don't know, do they? A lot of people have loads. Like Karen, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure you said you have a lot of loops and you have loads of collabs, <laughs> don't you? Running at the same time. You didn't have to bait me out like this, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> different people uh, just work differently, you know, different yeah. workflows, different yeah. ways of operating I, and whatnot. I do have a lot on the go, but in terms of what I'm working on currently, it would be like within that whole batch it'll be maybe three or four that are like top priority and i always Mm. try and do each tune like on another day so that so i don't get frustrated with the last session's tune and my ears are sort of fresh again the next time i get back to that tune yeah i think it's a better way of working i I wish i could work like that and part of my problem is time but um, yeah exactly I think the the upshot of it of working the way I do is what you become so invested in every tune, like emotionally invested. You know, yeah. this is my yeah, baby. Man. I've been working yeah. intensely. You know, it sort of like gives you that passion about that tune to really sort of nail yeah. it and get it spot on before sending yeah. it out. But the reality is, every tune's not going to be good enough. Yeah, no. and that's the hard thing to accept. You yeah, know, you've yeah, invested. Yeah. I've invested six weeks, eight weeks in making this one tune, and I get to the end of it, and I thought I perfected it, and then actually, no, it's shit. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It's just the nature of it sometimes, isn't it? It's yeah. it is the saddest thing having to scrap. With this new project I've been working on, uh, Terry, it's been very similar to how you just described. We'll start. A, we'll start on some ideas, and we'll kind of because there's a clear vision of what we want this project to be. So when we mm. start on a certain song, it takes about five minutes to realize the direction we're going in, and if it's going to work, and if it's not going to work, and we just move on. Like we make sure that that main mm. hook, like that main line, whatever it's going to be in the song, has got to work. If it doesn't work, then we're just moving on. Mm. Actually, that's a fair point with Damien bringing up projects and stuff, especially since, uh, Terry, you've had like a massive break in um, music making in general or just drum and bass? Music making in general, yeah. Do you feel that, I mean, if you remember, do you feel that your workflow has completely changed from... Totally. Yeah, because essentially now, even though you've been there from the start, you are also part of the new generation as well with how much your sound has changed. So I wonder how much your like your workflow and style has changed as a result of that. Totally. I mean, the the, the big thing is the the quality levels across the board of mm-hmm. all of all music and drum and bass particularly is head and shoulders above yeah. where it was ten years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the the amount of engineering you have to know now is 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 unreal. Whereas like tiny amounts of EQ, like I, I hardly compressed anything. Back yeah. in the days. Yeah, yeah. Shit, man. I know what you mean. The, the, the music you hear nowadays, it's fucking clean as hell, right? Like, it's yeah. just, mm. it's so surgical. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, can be a detriment. It can be, yeah. You look at all the old jung- jungle tunes. If you really listen hard to, to sort of mid 90s jungle, <laughs> you can hear like beats clashing. Yeah. Yeah. All kinds yeah. like, of stuff. sub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell of clipping going on as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was yeah. about loudness, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. that was that was the thing. Um, not many people really gave 
well, I guess I wouldn't say it like they didn't give a shit about per, like the way things are produced back then, but it's like it was kind of like it's a vibe, and it's like okay, it sounds yeah. pretty sweet. Let's just pl- let's put it on the vinyl. But I think part of that was was what we touched on earlier. Without there being the internet, you didn't have the instant feedback, and you yeah. didn't have this mm. this uh, what's the word? Everyone wasn't ripping each other's music apart and uh, hyperanalyze right. it. This analysis oh, yeah. thing we we all do now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, here's a little scoop at a hundred hertz for this yeah. thing. It's just like. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no one, no one cared. And and the thing is as well, like when you heard these tunes, you heard them on these massive rigs. Mm-hmm. You didn't hear yeah. them on headphones uh, on your right. phone. Yeah, you literally heard them on the rave, didn't you? Like it was yeah. the only way trash. to test your song. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so very like, different. Nowadays, you can just test your tunes in the car or something because that's almost like a mini club set in itself. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, nowadays technology yeah. and shit like that. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a really good point about the sort of hyper analyzing. Though I must admit, like I noticed that so much, and I don't know if that is or if it's a new thing. How long that's been a thing? But even do you know what I mean? Sometimes you'll just share something you're working on just to get a general sort of gut reaction of what people think. Like, mm. oh yeah, I like it, man, not for me. And you'll end up with this like essay of like, I think your kit could have more punch. And, I think yeah. that, and you're like, whoa, no. come on, man. <laughs> My yeah. gut reaction is the snare could be quieter. It's like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was definitely more about vibe. Definitely. Mm. there was, a, But I think mm. part of that, uh, of the favorite thing, we didn't have that vocabulary then. Like yeah. we didn't know about scooping mud out of 400 hertz right, it just wasn't yeah. really a thing so you yeah. didn't you didn't yeah. say it to anyone because it just what didn't exist yeah yeah um mm. you know. scoop what out or yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it was just like yeah really really loud subs and that was pretty much it <laughs> it was literally sub there's not even drums they're in there they're tight. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. It was just all about the sub bass, and and I would say Pendulum were the people that changed all that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Mm. I, like they seem to be like in my memory, they are the guys that came with that really clear, but like also punchy, quite crunchy kind of sound to it. Yeah, and Dude, that's, that's crazy. Now. That's crazy that you have seen a lot of innovation in the scene, man. Like you saw Ed Rush and all mm. them pop up and mm. shit like that. Like yeah. you lived through that. You saw yeah. that in the scene, dude. What what yeah. was that like seeing a lot of these people that now a lot of people consider like legends or the greats in the drum and bass community? What was it like seeing them kind of in the beginning, like hearing their stuff in the beginning? I mean, I guess one of the, the weird things about these these names is that at that time they literally were just names mm, because yeah. again you didn't know what they looked like. Unless you were actually out in a club when right. Ned Rush was DJing, you didn't know what he looked like. You had no clue. Yeah. Like these, they could be women, they could be anything. You just did not know. So there was a lot more mystique about people. Mm, yeah. Um, As and you that never really feel. Yeah, exactly. You never spoke to me. You had no interactions with these guys at all, ever. Um, unless you were managed to get a conversation with them when you actually physically met them in a club. But a lot of the guys then were quite standoffish. They were a lot less friendly back then, I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get that vibe too for some reason. I don't know why I just see it. Yeah, yeah. People smoked a lot of weed and they were a lot less talkative and they really didn't want like people chewing their ear off in the club. So a lot of the other guys would, would, would you know, stick to themselves. And I think... I think part of the modern part of being an artist is interacting with people, whereas before it wasn't. 
Yeah. Mm. Well, I think I think another big part of that is potentially nowadays, you know, you've got repercussions. There's you can say something within five minutes. It's on Twitter, like, "Oh my god, DJ yeah, so and so just said that." <laughs> like, so oh, annoying. Yeah. It's like I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't care what any of these people have to say. I want to hear good music, and that's like kind of where that shit ends, man. Hmm. But I mean, that's quite a, I wouldn't say that's a popular mentality. I think a lot of people no. are quite quick to, especially with what you, yeah. with when you look at what's happened in the scene this year, people are so quick to jump mm. on bandwagons yeah. when potentially they're not even. Don't even know what they're talking about. involved. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's it. People like to, uh, people like to be on the bandwagon, man. <laughs> that's literally yeah, it. People, people well, like to have an opinion and like their opinion to be the same as most people. So they feel like they're a part of something really. That's what I've seemed mm. to have uh, noticed. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, and you can have your opinion, but at the same time, it's like, dude, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the most backwards comment. <laughs> have your opinion, but don't. I'm just thinking, there was there was much less drama and controversy back then mm. because the channels yeah. of communication just weren't there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you're all like in your own separate little bubbles, essentially, rather than everyone just like congregating together. I think you. I think there was a core of people in the scene who who saw each other week in week out because they were they were they were playing at the same gigs up and down the country and they were driving about and they spent you know a couple of hours together wherever. You. Um, but that was it, and, and and people would call each other on the phone. But you know th there was no chat apps really that everyone apart from AIM, um, and that was kind mm. of it. And it wasn't public. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was private one to one conversations. It wasn't like, um, and then the forums started. And that's, Good times. That's, yeah, that's when things got weird. Oh, yeah. DOA, <laughs> yeah, enough that's, said. That's one way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's when the drama did start. Yeah, um, because everyone had access to talk to each other. Even, like, I assume quite a lot of um, artists were on those forums as well. They they lurked and got yeah. really, really fucking angry. Mm. I, see, like, I, they, they, I, I remember having conversations with some people who were like, properly outraged properly outraged by some of the things these guys were saying on the forums <laughs> like to the point where they're like we would i say we because i did it myself we would find out <laughs> who some of these people were and we would actually find them there was one instance where i actually fa found i actually Christ. found one guy yeah well, the, the thing is we weren't used to like why did you say that? To the criticism and, and, yeah. and, 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 it, yeah. and like and they were savage like they were properly savage because they were hiding behind a keyboard so they said whatever the fuck they want <laughs> oh yeah it's like a call of duty lobby like yeah. back oh, in the day. <laughs> that's true when you could truly get away with it though in it like yeah. being that harsh because it's not like social media these days where you actually see their full no. name see your no. picture see no. what, yeah. what you do where who you're associated yeah. with what school like, you yeah, went I can to see what the fuck i want right now Mm. But but so and so knows so and so knows so and so, and all of a sudden you got a name, and then you get a name, and then somebody says, "Oh yeah, that guy's over there in the club," and <laughs> oh, you're like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh is, he? is he now? Oh, okay." And I'm I'm stood here with like ten large blokes. Let's go have a little chat. And I I did. Um, there was an incident in Brighton where I did actually collar someone and I cornered him and I said, look, why, why are you talking such utter shit about me on this forum? And he, he was, <laughs> this is he, was gangster he, he was shit, but he was really nice. Like, uh, he was yeah. really <laughs> nice. And That's like, I ended up, and from that day forward, he was super supportive. And every time anyone said anything bad about me, he would defend me. Well, <laughs> maybe that was like a tactic <laughs> from him, you know? Like, like... And, 
and it was yeah it was a really weird like there was no violence and, and I was quite drunk when I kind of fronted him but you know it was just yeah. like you know why are you saying these things because we weren't used to it like you just weren't like now you, you we're used to everyone coating each other off online it's just part of its bants and yeah, quotes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I love talking that, yeah. shit it's fun yeah but it, it wasn't it wasn't so common, not from strangers. Like your mates is, was one thing, but yeah. for strangers to do mm. it was like yeah, yeah. quite quite yeah. angry making. And uh, yeah, that that happened a lot. Like guys would find out who some of these kids were and would corner them in clubs and yeah. Wow. Just can't say sorry now. <laughs> but you, mm. you have to remember, like back in the days and with with the jungle and drum and bass scenes, the the guys involved, they you know they were they were from the streets. Properly from the streets. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I just, always got that vibe. I always, <laughs> like, just in the, I don't know. These are guys with guns. Like, yeah. not joking. Well, I remember, yeah, like, they, it's like yeah. Terry, is it Terry Stone who did, um, is yeah, it United yeah, Nation Turbo. or whatever? Terry Turbo, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, they got to the point where they were literally having their shows, literally, like, gangs rocking up with guns and like firing off so they just had to like tool up and stuff and get all their security yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, tools yeah. up and shit it's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. it wasn't right. sunshine and rainbows as much yeah, as some people that. love to say it is uh, some people have got a very rose tinted idea of that period mm. yeah um, you know, they talk that. about they talk about all this love peace and harmony at the raves that oh, I I'm like bro that everybody that. was doing drugs at those raves yeah well yeah. what i was yeah. about to say there is that was, it probably was love and peace when it was like the first introduction of like ecstasy and whatnot but yeah. then slowly after yeah. that came the whole cocaine industry do you know what i mean really pushing that through i i saw a documentary i saw a little document a dmb documentary like a couple of years ago on youtube talking about there like, was a huge i guess in the mid or well mainly late 90s there was a big uh drug problem in the dmb rave scene like not yeah. just like ecstasy like hardcore shit like i'm talking some hardcore shit and that kind of helped like destroy a little bit the reputation of drum and bass throughout the mm -hmm. 2000 like the mid 2000s i guess from what I gather in that documentary, at least. I, I think the period I'm kind of thinking about was the mid-1990s, the kind of jungle period. And that's the one that a lot of people, I think, paint as this rose-tinted. Yeah. I, I, mm. I think that period of the, the whole kind of ecstasy-driven love-peace thing, that was before that, I right. think. I okay. think that was early mm. 90s. I think that was happy yeah. hardcore kind of rave. I yeah, think when yeah. the jungle right. came in, that's when the drugs changed. And yeah. Hype, Hyper said it a couple of times. People stopped taking pills and they started doing coke, and yeah. that's when everything changed because the attitude is very different. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the music almost changes with the drugs in terms of like the was, club environment. Do you know what I mean? But it was dark, and you know there were ragga samples about shooting people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> limb by uh, limb and all that. Exactly, exactly. I mean, isn't there that yeah. shy effects tune with the gunshots as well? Oh, what was it? Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Is it every day? Yeah. 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 It's like nineties hip hop, really. Proper tune. If you look at super sharp shooters, just like riddled oh, yeah, with actual gunshot samples. <laughs> yeah, like the most yeah. obvious example. <laughs> yeah, there was loads of that around, and it was, um, it, it, yeah. When you got guys doing loads of coke and crack, and they and they lived in air, like up north in Manchester and Birmingham, were yeah. notoriously rough as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it all got a bit out of hand, and I, I think it wasn't till kind of like the early two thousands when it come back a little bit, and, and people mm. moved away from that kind of vibe. Mm. Um, and I think then it became a bit more accessible and we ended up where we are now with like, yeah. How do you feel about that? About drum and bass becoming a little bit more 
accessible. Like just watching that go down till now, 2020. I mean, I look at some of the videos of, of raves like Hospitality and some of these sort of European, yeah. more liquid focus raves. And mm. I don't, I don't recognise it. Yeah, it's like I know what you mean. It's like, almost like a different world. It is a different world. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, right? Like those, right. Yeah, just, it's just different. <laughs> it's totally different. Those kids are having fun. They're in a much more. I mean, they're in a much more safe environment. It's a friendlier environment. It's a friendlier they're, environment. Mm. Absolutely, they're not getting mugged. Like yeah. we were, we were literally getting mugged in, you know, at roast in 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 London. Like, yeah, you have got quite a good chance you're going to get mugged tonight. <laughs> um, Holy shit! I'm never, I'm never. You know what? Don't find me out there. I mean, I'm not going. It's scary. Yeah, I mean, places like a laser drove and, and that they were they were dark places. Like the actual clubs were physically dark as well, so people literally hid in the dark in corners. Yeah. Mm. Now, yeah. now that's pretty badass though. Like, I kind of dig that. Like, I get that feel. <laughs> I kind of like these bodies. <laughs> yeah. No, no, wait. A minute. It's just like when when you hear dark drum and bass or like that heavy neurofunk shit. That's the environment I'm thinking of. Yeah, it was. Yeah, mm. it, it, it was. It was all a vibe, and yeah, you had this heavy kind of ragga-driven jungle, mm. you know, aimants and subs, and it was pitch black, and everyone was throwing screw faces, and it it's, was very much that vibe. It's kind of I just that. yeah, I don't see that hospital kind of style liquid playing in that kind of ominous environment. That's like got a, it's like a sunny environment, you know. And it's extra confusing when you've got jungle being played in that hospital environment. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, it's re it really fucks with my head, like to see t Tony Coleman bless him in however old he is playing, like pulling screw faces to these jungle tunes, and it's like, this, <laughs> yeah. what's going on? It, it's, so, it's awesome, but also confusing. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Do you, do you not get to um, do you not get to go to many sort of raves and events and stuff now and then have you oh, had to slow down with that i haven't been out for 10 years man years and years wow. and years yeah okay. which which in itself makes me feel a bit of a um what's the word a bit of an imposter if that almost makes sense like i often question uh, how can yeah, i be I making do. tunes without going out to the environment where mm, they're I intended mean, to be played Total bullshit. that's not true no you're yeah, totally I fine you get a pass bro you get a pass yeah you, <laughs> yeah yeah I, you I, may I, give me the go <laughs> Personally, I think everybody gets a pass. Some people just do not want to DJ or just not good at it, and they just want to make music, and that's totally I just, fine. Yeah, exactly. I just don't that's like the well. rave environment, if I'm honest with you. I Like, yeah. You don't want to get stabbed or mugged? Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, a great time. It's, it's great fun being stabbed. It's amazing. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. but being stabbed in a nightclub? No. <laughs> On the street, sure. But I think that's probably just my my background yeah the way i came about there was this intrinsic link between drum and bass and jungle and clubs yeah and, and yeah. that was the environment you listened to it in so i yeah. think it's obviously different now people are listening yeah. to tunes on fucking mobile phone speakers spotify and all that <laughs> yeah. i don't know yeah. even with the way the music is i still think it's heavily associated with clubs more than standard listening yeah i mean yeah i mean i i sort of got involved in drum and bass around 11 years ago now and that was in my opinion that was still heavily implicated and that it was club still based mostly around the clubs yeah. mm. you know um in my opinion yeah but, mm. but yeah nowadays i'm not i'm not so sure anymore. honestly i think it's within the last maybe even five years you know where it's big like like drum and bass now is very much commercial like i'm not saying yeah. all of it is but like a large majority of it is it's like i even heard um i think it i think it was either groove rider or fabio say it like he said, like ten years ago, if people like random people that weren't into drum bass would be like, "Oh, wh like what do you do?" 
you could only say, oh, I'm a DJ. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't yeah. say I'm a drum bass DJ. But now these days, if someone said that and he's like, oh, I'm a drum bass DJ, they're like, oh, yo, sick. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Play after club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because yeah. it's like it's become this really <laughs> oh. like big kind of like socially accepted genre now, really. Yeah. I wish people around here knew what drum and bass was, where I'm at, at least. <laughs> that's crazy. I'd say a really good example of that was if you look at how my career and fantasy's careers have diverged and where he is now and where I am now are so poles apart. And I'm not making a comment on the music we're making, just what you know, what our careers in music are. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he's smashing it. I mean, he's absolutely smashing it with, with his with his SASAS thing. He's doing his thing and it's very, very popular from what I can see. And they're, they're playing these massive crowds and, and he wasn't doing that 10, 15 years ago. It was totally different. So the, the way his career has progressed is, is really interesting from that point of view. Yeah. And I, should, yeah. I should really talk to him about it at some point, but I haven't spoken to him for ages, but just especially performing to crowds that big, like yeah. when you go and see sets from, um, what's that festival? Is it Rampage? And yeah. like, and then also your hospitality events, you didn't have that many people to watch no. a drum and bass set. Mm. Whereas now it's like an arena, and it's yeah, really shows yeah. how much more popular the genre has become since probably the early two thousands or something. Yeah, you know, I got a huge question for you, brother. Like, how do you feel about jump up nowadays? Can of worms opened. And look, and look, be totally honest, man. Nobody Wait, so can... actually, no, just to extend that as well, how did you feel about Jump Up when it first came around as well? Because you've seen like the development of like most of the genres within well, all the mm. genres within drum and bass. Yeah. So in terms of old school jump up, I would it's define very a lot. Yeah, but I would define a lot of what I did back then to be jump up. Right. Um, not all of it was. Like, Give Me The Girl's a bit of a weird one. It kind of sat on the edge. Yeah. Uh, was it Jump Up, wasn't it? I don't know. It's, it's a bit, maybe a little bit too heavy for, for traditional Jump Up. But then that whole kind of Bristol sound kind of defined. So clips and people like mm. that, they really yeah. defined that area. Twisted the individual. Clown Step, I think it was coined for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah dude, I fucking heard that I thought shit. Clown Step was that, uh, with Body Rock, right? So Clown Step Kinda. was Dylan. Do you guys remember Dylan? Um, yeah. He yeah. was the one who, who coined that term. Um, and you okay. have to remember as well that like Dylan was making uber heavy, like really heavy drum and bass. This was a guy who was wearing black nail varnish before yeah. before John B even was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. So he was never going to like that music. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember he, he coined that term on, on, on Dogs and Acid. And it then got applied to everything that wasn't Renegade hardware. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, which was not fair because it wasn't an accurate phrase and yeah the clown step was the triplet beat thing it wasn't even really like the the the, the rest of the tracks it was literally that triplet um breakbeat style yeah yeah um i loved body rock i used to smash the fuck out of that tune i thought it was weird yeah no it was it was one of my first uh, yeah. introductions into drum and bass when i was younger, it's almost, for sure. i feel like it's almost gotten popular to hate that tune oh why though come on Get because people love jumping on the bandwagon. <laughs> you said it 20 minutes ago, Toby. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But then it... it I was about to say, it, a certain style developed out of those tunes, which had a yeah. lot of a lot of high range frequency elements in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Very eloquently put. Now, isn't it? 
Very much so. And that's when I started not liking it. Yeah. Um, I, I still like... I like breaks. I like real drums. Mm. I don't like the I don't like the two step kick snare right there, thing. Yeah. Mm. Really, like literally no hi hats. There's literally one kick, one snare. It's the same oh, yeah. fucking yeah, pattern. No. It's the same no. sounds over and yeah, over again. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And, and loads of really high pitched synth work. And and I swear it's done mainly so people can listen to it on their fucking mobile phone. It has no, to be. I, it has it to be. Is, yeah, I agree with you on that 100. percent So, um, would you say that that's what drew you away from? drum and bass and caused you to go like take a break it was part of it yeah Um, definitely yeah definitely i wasn't i wasn't and i was and i was starting to like feel pressured to make stuff like that because that's where the trend was that's where the trend was and i wasn't into it and i i was always a bit more as i said renegade hardware i was into harder drum and bass than that and i wasn't really able to make the stuff that i wanted Hmm. and um yeah and i just kind of drifted away Jump up is jump up is uh, in a weird place right now. Mm. I think there's still some good jump up. I, yeah, I think the problem is it's become uh, a, a label that a lot of people use in a slightly elitist, oh yeah, kind of way. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess what I, I mean, it's in a weird place. Not saying that none of the music is bad or, or yeah. good. I think a lot of it's actually good, but that's just because I personally like the obnoxious sounds of jump up. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's yeah. all about, man. That shit's meant to be played in a club. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Jump Up is really obnoxious. It's kind of like the punk side of drum and bass in my eyes a little bit. Yeah, I'm mm, the same like, as you, mate. Like, like ridiculously bad Jump Up, obviously, I will not like. But, um, yeah, like it comes from like a quite a dear place in my heart, really, because it's a lot of the kind of Jump Up back in the day is what I kind of grew up with, realistically, when I was a young and so... It's just fun yeah. music, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it reminds me of being young, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just funny how that has evolved. And like, I would you guys call like a lot of that foghorn stuff jump up? I know that's what it was called when I it first started popping yeah. up. I kind of categorized it, it within yeah. the same. Yeah, I would have called it jump up. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Because that's what I think. It, I remember that. Like, it's just crazy that that's that's like a big thing now. Mm. Jump up. You don't hear a lot of taxman styled kind of shit anymore. There's um. Old. I think it's a. I think the distinction is vibe for me. Like, I think yeah. when it gets yeah. a bit less cut and dried, but the four corn stuff is. It's got a darker vibe. I mean, you look at Vanta Black. That was that's a dark. Pretty tune. dark. Mm. Yeah. It's pretty dark. Yeah. I mean, it was on Metalheads. Yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. I don't think that's Jump Up. I think Jump Up's got more of an accessible, almost kind of, not uplifting, but it's certainly a lot more cheerful. Yeah, fun, yeah, 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 for sure. Yes, yeah, fun. Fun is probably the word, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and was... that's not my thing. I don't make fun music. <laughs> I don't like fun. <laughs> I don't like fun. No. Yeah, I, like, I, like, so, just, I like misery. Just going back. <laughs> wow. Just going back on your break a bit. So, obviously, you, you had a bit of a break because of what? jump well partly because of what jump up was becoming but then to take yeah. that into the flip what you make now is miles apart from that because you're is it fair to say you're primarily a liquid artist these days is it fair to say that i wouldn't know i mean I've had, a period of, I've had a period of making liquidy soulfully stuff and i've kind of finished that period for a little while okay um just because i got a bit bored of it to touch yeah. on that though so what actually made you want to come back to the genre like what sort of thing made you think you know what it's time to whip out the production gear again i think 
Um, I don't know why I started listening to music again. So I had a quite long period of just not listening to much music at all, or listening to completely different stuff, like listening to quite a lot of um, metal and grunge and, and mm. just and wasn't late, really. Bro. Yeah. Just wasn't really listening to drum and bass at all. And then I come back to it and it was at a point where Liquid had moved on from what used to be called lounge core. And lounge yeah, that's like the fuck? early hospital stuff, right? Exactly, early yeah, hospital. Yeah, 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 that's, that's yeah, yeah. London Electricity coined the term, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, he did. Um, okay, and then and then you kind of had the solar era, which was the golden era for me, oh, and then yeah. it. Yeah, and then it kind of went a bit wishy washy, and then it kind of came back again, and I guess sort of mid two thousand and tens, so two thousand fifteen, something like that, was when I really started listening to it again, and it was mm. like, oh, the the quality of this, this stuff's really good, and oh, yeah. um, and then I don't know why, but then I I just kind of started fiddling again. I need I th- I needed something to do with my time. I think yeah, I'd got to that point where you know I wasn't really doing anything, I wasn't going out anymore. Um, and I keep moving house and didn't have a big pool of friends, so I didn't really have anything to do with my time. So it was like, oh, uh, yeah, I, I can't play some music, right? Yeah, exactly, just for something to do. And it, it just kind of snowballed. The first couple of tunes I did were all right. They got released on small labels. And then, yeah, you just you get into a, um, a habit, don't you? You get into a role of doing yeah, it. And, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. And then once I kind of went through the the liquid kind of phase i started slowly but surely making slightly heavier and heavier stuff and now i'm kind of back to the point where i'm making what is probably a reasonably logical extension of what i was making in 2006 i think damn good quality stuff yeah yeah which is i think (laughs) that's a really good a really good approach you should be taking there Mm. it really sort of shows off a signature showdown sound from all the stuff you've shown me and the others as well I'm still really struggling with that, though. I'm like, uh, I think, Karen, we had this this conversation the other day, and one yeah. of the problems I've got is I'm making music that does sound like the music I was making in 2006, which is fine, but does anyone want to hear that now? Like, it's almost I mean, like certainly... the trends are gone, right? Like, that's something yeah. we both yeah. said we were struggling with when we were talking yeah, last yeah. time. And So how much do you compromise what you want to make to make it appeal to labels that's the problem like yeah. I, i'm not making music yeah. for specific labels but yeah. the flip side of that is I, I don't know who to send this stuff to i mean yeah. the only yeah the only other sure. option you could probably think of is starting your own label but you have the time for that as well i know yeah i haven't got the i haven't got the profile to do it i don't think <laughs> i know how you feel bro yeah, I'm, I'm in a very, very similar position where I sort of make music based on purely what happens as I sit down at the, you know, at the setup and just see what happens. I'm not in a mindset while I'm working on a tune or before I've started a tune to go right. I'm, Who's this for? Then? I'm, I'm going to yeah. send this to this. Like, yeah, yeah. Which should so, be, which like, to be fair. Yeah, that's I, the I way. Struggle. That's the way all yeah. music should be made. You should be making it for yourself, and if other people like it, they'll invest in you. Which can um, obviously, it can be hard, obviously. Extent. It can be hard, obviously. Like like Terry said, like there's some tunes that he's been making, I've been making, that just doesn't have anyone it could fit. But it's something we love anyway. But I you want just... people to listen to it, don't you? That's, yeah. that's, that's, yeah. that's where the problem yeah. starts. It's, if you were just making yeah. music for yourself, it wouldn't be an issue. But it's, you don't really. You really want people to listen to yeah. it. Yeah, it's like that yeah. tune you and I yeah, are making I together, so. Terry. It's like, where do we give that to but, yeah, we, but we loved making it. So. I mean, fuck it, just release it for free. Mm, that's always a shout. 
Yeah. Yeah, just but, release your music for free. <clears throat> or I guess I mean Toby over here is doing some cool shit about releasing you know he's doing everything himself. Yeah. No label yeah. or anything or yeah, anything just, like just that. Just through uh Bandcamp really and yeah, yeah. and uh, distro kit as well to get it on a uh, Spotify and whatnot. But yeah, again, like this is this is a big test for me because I'm I'm yet right. to see how it actually uh, performs. <laughs> but yeah, I'll I'll, right. I'll update you boys and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I guess that in itself shows how much the generation has changed because like Toby's doing that whole album, which is out next month, um, all by himself, oi, oi. right? And back in the day, you couldn't do that all by yourself. You needed your whole team. You need the engineers yeah. for distro, blah 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 blah. It comes back to the accessibility, man, and just technology. Yeah. It's just like everything's just, yeah. Anyone can release music. to learn how to do it all, True. really. <laughs> you don't got to spend 500 on an EQ. Yeah. You can, you can yeah, almost yeah, see yeah. some people who will finish a track and then 30 minutes later release it, well, in quotation marks, release it. And it's, yeah, it's mm. crazy, isn't it? I think it's indicative of how important social media is becoming the whole thing. Branding <laughs> is almost just as important now. Yeah, if, you if can you, make amazing music you can have it distributed via a, a big distributor you can have your tracks distributed you know, they're on in my case they're on spotify they're on apple they're in all these places no fuckers listening to them and yeah, so yeah. how do you bridge the gap yeah. between between yeah those those two places and it's I, the only thing i can think is it's about social media and it's about driving the people to those places mm. to, to 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 consume your product no you're absolutely and, right yeah and it's, it's it's I'm more about good. like <laughs> building your own profile, not just as a producer, but as a person. Because if you're if you're just a producer who's like, hey, new track out now, whereas if you're someone who people rec like can sort of relate to as a person, more people are going to go to the music of the person they can relate to. Yeah, touching back to what mm. you're talking about, a stranger. That's why I think it's a it's a pretty. Um like good move what he's done essentially making his youtube channel and doing a lot of tutorials and stuff yeah because you kind of have that personal not like relationship you know what i mean they're like the kind of you you see his face you, you hear his voice and stuff so you kind of yeah. like feel like you know him on a on a level yeah he has his and own it'll own probably create more well. yeah exactly yeah it'll create a bigger community around him and that'll help drive through the fans and drive his sales up realistically we, yeah, which in some respects is is what we're sort of trying to do with the podcast. You know, <laughs> yep. what started off as just a podcast, we've kind of grown it and embraced it into a bit of a, a community now, and now so that we can incorporate and give back. And you know, the interesting thing is though, does it equate to sales? I mean, in Stranger's point, is he going to create a community around his production videos? And is yeah. he going to be known for being a production video content creator? Are those people naturally going to go look him up on, on Spotify and listen to for his, his music? Yeah, I don't, no, that's a fair I, point, yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen. And how do you measure that? I mean, if I don't know if any of you guys have, have any kind of dealings with, with SEO for websites, but you have like funnel tracking and things yeah. where you, yeah, yeah. you track people through to the actual sale and you can link yeah. kind of website hits to sales. And yeah. how do you do that with, with this kind of stuff? You you can't really, yeah. I don't think. No, I mean, I think for Stranger's case, his whole YouTube thing is a separate thing to him as the artist that's had music on Metalheads and so on. That's yeah. Oh, but I know even his, even his videos in yeah. the description, he does have, he does a lot of promo in there. <laughs> yeah, he does have his own little yeah. portfolio of, I'm an artist on this label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's how we track it then. Yeah, yeah. maybe so. Five mm. people clicking through, but. Yeah, because but either way, it's another port, isn't it? It's another outlet to to promote yourself, and it's seemingly what people are doing nowadays. Like you know, like you sort of touched on Terry, people are just everywhere, yeah. And there's almost a bit of pressure to be 
everywhere yeah. just so that you can be catch, you know, throwing this huge wide net in the hopes of catching in a couple of people rather than specifically focusing on one channel. Yeah. It's I mean, not about just throwing music out there, is it? It's about creating a range of content, be it videos, yeah. you know, tutorials, exactly. which yeah. is what we're, cool packs. I think it's about trying to, trying to hit <laughs> the different ranges of people as well. Like, I think trying to go for like younger audiences is becoming more and more important. Like, as social yeah. media grows more and more. And I think mm. that's why a lot of people are going to YouTube because obviously a lot of uh, younger generations are using YouTube quite a lot. So if you can tap yeah. into that, then you're going to, mm. do you know what I mean? There's loads of young generation in the just, world. Do you know what I mean? Just so, make unboxing videos short sorted. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> of new equipment. Yeah. Oh, look, I got this compressor. Yeah. I bought um, it online. Unbox. <laughs> <laughs> unboxing of vinyl. That's what Damien's going to be doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, fuck that, dude. <laughs> if, if I didn't need, if, like, it sucks that you kind of you don't need social media nowadays because there are artists out there that don't have it. Break Caliber, yeah, like, Caliber is the main one, isn't it? Yeah, Break as well. He doesn't have Break, his yeah. own page. I think he only has like, symmetry. So in some Ooh. instances, though, it's kind of like a bit different because, like, you look they at Caliber at and he's start. just got he's like a um, he's like god them. status, isn't he? Really? He is, yeah, yeah. yeah, he doesn't. Like that's why he doesn't need it. I pray to yeah, Caliber every day. I just, I'm not very good at social media. Like, I, I don't know. Same. <laughs> you got a certain level of confidence, haven't you? Yeah. 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 You need to be confident I mean, the in yourself, confidence right? is there. It's just, I don't feel like getting on my phone. Yeah. Like, yeah. making constant yeah. posts about, this is our woo. Yeah, I think you, just have, to, you have to be built for it, don't you? You just, your brain needs to, like, be wired yeah, that way. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Mm. Well, it's it's not, a grind. It's just, like, I guess it's just, I don't know. I don't really like uh, getting on social media in general a lot. Especially nowadays, because mm. you just see a lot of stupid shit on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah true, it's, true, it's, very true. It is literally linked to like a lot of like cases and depression and yeah, like statistics of like more suicide rates and stuff. So yeah, I've been, mm. I've been like really trying to work on that, like, like just not being on social media a lot. Yeah, it helps yeah. you focus yeah. with what's in front of you. Yes, yeah. it's, it's a bit of sweet place for sure. And you can find all of our social links. In the, uh, <laughs> yeah, go go check us out, please. <laughs> I've I've lost control of my Facebook page. Did I mention? I don't know if I've what? mentioned this. Oh yeah, yeah no, <laughs> yeah. I got hacked. Oh, no, wow. my, my my personal Facebook account got hacked, and a, quite an elaborate hack as well. They I don't know how they did it. They must have got a password that I had foolishly used on more than one website they got hold of one of my little used email addresses that happened to be the recovery email address for my facebook no. account how they fucking linked this i don't not do not know but basically they got access into my facebook account immediately transferred access to my face my showdown facebook page to someone else my ad accounts went to someone else and they basically removed me from all of my own stuff oh, no so when i got i got my facebook page back which is a fairly straightforward process yeah. uh, my, my personal account but the facebook page is gone it still oh, exists no. but i can't access it, can't it access at all. It, and i don't know if you guys have ever had any dealings with facebook support yeah, don't want to terrible, useless mate, useless, when did useless. This uh, about a month ago i bet it was the guy you called it in the club wow yeah so and I've, i'm basically emailing and messaging who whatever email addresses and messaging apps i can find to try and speak to someone to get them sorted out and you just no. can't get hold of a human no. yeah especially in this day and age of like all this like automation going on 
So if you see any weird posts coming out of the show, then Facebook page, I mean, I it's immediately <laughs> you. In fact, I have no wanna... idea. <laughs> That's so weird. Hey, buy these penis pills. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna what, repost what? it on Twitter and be like, look at this cancel culture. <laughs> what now? Can- yeah, cancel culture. Uh, oh man. So yeah, that's so social media for me is just completely off the fucking table at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I can't do anything. Yeah. Which in itself isn't so bad, I suppose. Um, Instagram no, seems not. to be massive now as well. Oh like, yeah, completely. Yeah. Is, yeah. Huge. Yeah. Like. More so than Facebook, I think. I feel like yeah, some artists just have Instagram careers, really, if that makes sense. Yeah, they yeah. do, yeah. Yeah, I'm a model. Yeah, also. <laughs> T- Twitter's obviously the other big okay. one as well. You see a lot of people popping off on Twitter recently. Oh, always. Mm. Such such drama always. Yeah, yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. yeah, children. Well, that's it, but that's the thing, man. Like, people love a bit of drama and attract to a bit of drama as, mu- as much as I find that disgraceful. As <laughs> it's Any just, publicity? It's unfortunately, the, uh, yeah. Any publicity is good publicity, is what they say. You think exactly. anyone's out there in the DMB scene who's like big thinking, you know, how can I piss people off today? I want some traffic to my account. <laughs> <laughs> but if you look at that thing with flight, like, yeah. I'm going to be real, I hadn't heard of the American flight. Mm. I hadn't heard of the guy. I, I, I have my own opinion on the, the name thing, which is a little bit more old school related. Yeah. But he's, as far as I'm concerned, this has been great for him. Yeah. Because now, yeah. shit. Really? Everyone, oh, everyone yeah, knows yeah. who well, he yeah, is. This is what I mean, man, yeah. about the, yeah, the whole publicity All thing. All publicity, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. That was fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that was, it was yeah, crazy. Well, it was played out in public. It, sh- it, was, it shouldn't have been played out in public. Yeah, like, it that. should have been dealt with, yeah. dealt with like, privately. It's when other well, people get way, involved as well. That's stupid. the problem. Because it wasn't even like D- DJ Flight. Like no. calling him out is like other people getting involved. Was it Mantra? Or was it, mm. Can't yeah. remember who it was. Yeah, it was like was this was, even a yeah, problem yeah. before? Like what was going on? I think it was, but they just hadn't dealt with it privately. And and yeah, yeah that that first post. Yeah, let's get the world involved. That was just yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't like that. I don't like airing your dirty laundry in public. It's not something that sits very well with me. Yeah, nah, disrespectful. Though. Actually, if you ask me. But then again, to, to both it, parties. It probably worked out good for both of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. Right. Well, yeah. all three, yeah. all three of them. Because you now know who. Yeah, you now know who DJ Mantra is. And again, I, no disrespect to it, I'd never heard of her either. <laughs> I mean, I um, haven't looked so up now, her music or anything. I'm not gonna lie. I'm just like, oh, okay, that's who you are. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> and I don't. I'm not saying they did it for that reason. Oh, but no, the side but yeah. effect is that's the side effect. The side yeah. effect is yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. But then so maybe think, yeah. we should just all have a massive Twitter round. Well, yeah, that's what I was about to say. There's probably people <sighs> like big companies that do that on the bigger picture. I think I'm just gonna <laughs> have a new alias and call myself Show Dant. I think it's different enough. I'll, I'm gonna call myself Motion Echo. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's wow. a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edgelord. Vibey, vibey. Very vibey. Vibey. <laughs> Big vibes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, we've got a couple of minutes left oh, to the end of the show. Already, is that? Um, I apologize again for yeah. coming in so late. No, that's all good, Damien. No, good. no, glad you could make it at all, my friend. Um, but yeah, Terry, we've got a couple of minutes left. Mm-hmm. So do you want to just take a couple of minutes, give a shout out to anything you're up to, you've got on the horizon, where people can find you, the works? Yeah. Tell us a story. So, uh, oh, I don't know if I've got any more stories. Um, <laughs> I, I do have an EP coming out quite soon, though. Uh, on, oh, in November Very nice. on Warmest Music. 
Uh, big awesome. up those guys. Uh, this will be my third release with them now. My last was my mm. album yeah, that yeah. no one listened to. Hey, I did. It was amazing. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I know. I know you guys did, but not many other people <laughs> did. Um, but yeah, I've got a four-track EP coming out with those. It is a little bit more, a little bit more darker, shall I say, than some of my last I stuff. Can dig. It's, I can dig. It's it's that transition between liquid and the more kind of darker, kind of breaky stuff. Um, I can confirm so it's really good. Thank you very much. So that's that's coming out in November. Uh, that is the only confirmed release, though. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to pimp out my uh, pool of, <laughs> of other tracks. Um, as I said to you guys earlier, I am struggling to find labels. Mm. Yeah, to send things to. It's not that they're knocking them back. I just don't know who to send it to. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. but I have a, I have a considerable pool of other tracks that are sitting there that I hope one day will, uh, will see the light of day. Um, but yeah, it's only that one one confirmed release, I think. Cool. And yeah. apart from Facebook, where can everyone find you? <laughs> uh, you can find me on SoundCloud Ooh. and on Twitter and on um, the other one, Instagram. And my 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 username is always Shodan underscore UK. Brill. Oh, I yeah, always love it when it's consistent. All the, all the other <laughs> showdowns, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to get Before Koda yeah. comes up with this track called Showdown. Oh, man. <laughs> right. Anyway, we are at the end of the episode. To um, to all the listeners, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Terry, thanks for coming on the show. It's Oh, thank you for having me. It's been absolute yeah, pleasure. Man. Absolute pleasure. This has been great fun. Um, yeah. So you might have heard us talk about a feedback session earlier. So that is bi-weekly on Fridays at 8.30pm UK time. Toby and I will be the best judges ever. Um, yeah, bub up. Um, if you want to catch us on our socials, uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. We are on... Where else are we? We're Twitch. We're on Twitch. Yeah, yeah, we're of YouTube. course. Um, so our socials is just uh, Think Breaks Podcast or even just Think Breaks. We're on YouTube as well. Um, you can find us on our Discord server where you can chat to the four of us. You can even chat to Terry, previous guests as well. Um, we're all there. It's a good community, right, guys? Yeah, mm. yeah it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to say, I just wanted right. to say to everyone that's been listening to us for a while, or just even new audience, like I, like we all appreciate you coming and listening to us coming here at the end of the year we've been doing it for a, a long while now at least it feels like a long time yeah mm. yeah and it's it's massively appreciated and terry i appreciate you coming on the show man really oh, thanks for having me man yeah, yeah absolutely. No, i really appreciate it, it was a good, it's, it's a been good great time. it's been great just to have a little chat with like-minded people yeah yeah, yeah. I, I feel it's all about that's what yeah about. that's the whole concept yeah. but yeah, yeah that's the end of the show so thank you everyone too, for listening and we will see you next month unless you listen to us on repeat and then we'll see you whenever we want to see you so yeah <laughs> but yeah see you next cool. time see you. Bye. cheers cheers <laughs> <All right. laughs> Oh, it's fantastic.